Know that this is God's word. Know that this is yet another encounter uh, with Jesus. And as we've been looking at all semester, when people meet Jesus, things happen and people change. So this is probably familiar to you. This is the woman at the well. I'm going to start in verse 1. I'm going to read a few, and then we're going to kind of intersperse from there later. Now, when Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus was making and baptizing more disciples than John, although Jesus himself did not baptize, but only his disciples, he left Judea and departed again for Galilee, and he had to pass through Samaria. So he came to a town of Samaria called Sychar, near the field that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, so Jesus, wearied as he was from his journey, was sitting beside the well. It was about the sixth hour. There came a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus said to her, Give me a drink, for his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a woman of Samaria? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw water with, and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob? He gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did his sons and his livestock. Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty forever. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I will not be thirsty or have to come here to draw water. Jesus said to her, Go call your husband and come here. The woman answered him, I have no husband, Jesus said to her. You are right in saying, I have no husband, for you have had five husbands, and the one you have now is not your husband. What you have said is true. The woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, but you say that in Jerusalem is the place where people ought to worship. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must, come, must worship in spirit and in truth. The woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming. He who is called Christ, when he comes, he will tell us all things. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. Let's pray. Father, we need desperately you as we've sung but even more than that we need for you to speak and we need to be able to listen and we need to be able to take true things and and apply them to our hearts and to our lives and we need to be changed but these things that we're asking are absolutely impossible apart from your spirit so what I beg, what we beg, is that your spirit would reveal truth and press it in to the people in this room. We love you. We ask these things only in Christ's name. Amen. Um, when I was a sophomore in uh, high school, a good friend of mine uh, named Stephen, uh, we used to go work out uh, after school most days. 
And um, my friend Stephen had a huge crush on the time, uh, this chick named Amanda Bostick. He had just the biggest crush on her. And he kind of couldn't tell if she was, like, reciprocating. You know how it is, like, I don't know, I'm not, you know, I don't, I don't have it in me enough to really go for it. So I'm going to try to, like, oh, hey, funny seeing you here kind of thing. Uh, but really, he's, like, stalking her. And uh, in essence, like, that's what happened. Like, we'd go work out most days after school. I couldn't even drive yet. I remember that. He, he drove, like, a 1987 baby blue Oldsmobile. It was such a piece. But it was hilarious. Um, so we would go to the gym, and there were two ways to get back to my house from the gym. There were two options, two ways. One was the short way that went directly to my house, and the other was the long way, which eventually got you to my house. Well, guess whose house was along the long route? Amanda Bostick's was along the long route. And so literally every day, he would drive the long way down by her house, just so like at the slight chance that she might be outside or getting into her car or pulling back in or something so that he could go, oh, well, funny seeing you here. We were just happened to be driving by. I had no idea you'd be outside. Well, literally that never happened. And so he wasted, you know, just thousands of gallons of, of fuel trying to do that. And in essence, just looked like a really creepy stalker. But I would be in the passenger seat and just laughing all the way going, dude, what are you doing? Like, it's not the accidental, you know, meet cute is not going to happen. Like, oh, I didn't mean to uh, rear end you. Oh, huh, so let's get out and exchange numbers and maybe go on a date. It's not going to happen, dude. Well, the interesting thing about our text here is that Jesus happens to run into this Samaritan woman, and it's no accident at all. So her personal encounter, his offer of salvation, of healing, of restoration, is no accident. And that's the big point that I want you to get in just a few minutes, is encountering Jesus never happens accidentally. I want to dive right in, okay, because we're, we're pressed for time a bit. First thing I want you to see is this, a calculated encounter. This meeting between Jesus and this woman didn't just happen. Well, I know that because the normal route that a Jew would take when traveling across from, from where he was, would you would cross the Jordan River, and then you would travel through a, a town called Perea and, and uh, Decapolis. You would do that just to avoid Samaritans. Now, I know you've heard different illustrations and comparisons before about how Jews hated Samaritans, and I'm telling you, it is strong. It's not just like a racial diversity. It's not something we sell. I mean, this was not just a slight annoyance. It was deep-seated. So the reason I know this was calculated is because it doesn't fit the normal route that Jesus and his friends and people like him would have taken to get to where they were going. So he purposefully goes this other way. And if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, if, if, if you are in real relationship with him, this should be a very, very encouraging and not small point to you. You don't just accidentally stumble into the kingdom. Jesus seeks out his people. This was a very calculated route that Jesus was taking to meet a person at their point of need. It's the very opposite of what your parents do if you guys are 
like downtown, they will purposefully drive around the bad neighborhoods, you know, to get back to the suburbs or to get to wherever they're going. Like, ooh, I know it's a little longer, but we got to take a detour. Like, ooh, it's bad. It's dangerous. You know, anything base. I always say anything west of like Poplar and Farmington is like, oh, it's the ghetto. You know, it's just you're insane. That's all I can say. But you know how you're try, you, like, you try to avoid a bad neighborhood? Oh, I'm going around that way. Well, we've got a Savior who marches right through the bad neighborhood to get to us, to get to the weak, to get to the weary, to get to the sinner, because God the Father has orchestrated salvation, in this case, for this obscure Samaritan prostitute at a well. Guys, that's captivating. And so I want to ask you, have you encountered Jesus like that? Some things to ask yourself. I mean, do you, do you know your sin? Do you love him even though you can't see him? Is there fruit in your life? Guys, if so, no matter where you're at and what you're dealing with, be encouraged by this point. If you have encountered Jesus, it's calculated. It's intentional. It has purpose. And, you know, even the things going on in your life right now that you might not get and that you might not understand, Jesus has has calculated those as well that's the kind of savior that we have nothing's happening accidentally second point is this we have an intrusive encounter um jesus's encounter with this woman it moves pretty quickly from just some light-hearted water cooler talk to some pretty heavy stuff i mean you know we as americans we love our space right we don't want to know hey, what do we do when we see each other in the hallways how you doing oh good all right cool see ya you know even if like we just had our arm amputated like no i'm cool i'm good all right cool bye like we don't want people getting too deep right and have you ever been around people who, who who go deep really quick you know hey how you been so i uh, heard you've been sleeping around you know in essence that's what jesus is saying to this woman He's stopping, hey, you need water, okay, yeah, cool. I'm going to put my finger on this, you know, kind of secret sin that you're living in. Yeah, that escalated quickly. Like, we just met, and we're talking, and all of a sudden, you're talking about, you know, things that I'm doing in the dark. Why does he do that? Why does he intrude like that? Why does he go there? Why does he touch on a wound? Well, it's because of this. Jesus is speaking in spiritual terms, and this woman is just not getting it. If we were to read the, the whole thing, she's going over here going, uh-oh, he's on to me. He's a prophet. He knows what's going on. Uh, what do you think about worshiping here? Um, are you greater? Th-? Like, she's trying to change the subject, and he goes, no, no, no. I want to cut through the bull, and I want to get to what the issue is. Because his goal wasn't just spiritual reform or religious reform. He wants to get to her heart. And the quickest way to the heart is is going through this wound. And that's what the gospel does, guys. It intrudes. It goes deep. You know, the, the, the thing or the stuff that you're ashamed of, stuff that no one but you knows, that stuff that, ooh, gets to you. Oh, my goodness. If anyone ever knew that about me, they would hate me. Listen, Jesus wants it. The gospel intrudes. It's dangerous. It goes deep. What Jesus wants of this woman and what Jesus wants of you is he wants to show her who he really is. And he wants to show her who she really is. And then he wants to put in front of her this great exchange that happens. Hey, you're living with nasty, filthy, dirty, dirty clothes. If you come to me, you get a sparkling brand new white hot holy robe of righteousness 
That's why he goes in through this wound. The gospel intrudes, and it does. It digs up the stuff that we're scared of, that we're ashamed of, because he wants to hold up a mirror. That's what he's doing to this lady. He's not just being mean. He's not trying to shame her or embarrass her or leave her in the dumps feeling terrible about herself. He wants her to see who she really was. Why? Because he loved, and love is intrusive question to you is have you allowed your heart to be exposed or have you become really really good at looking Christian and you have hard bricks and 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 walls up to the true mirror maybe your mirror is just distorted maybe it's muddy the gospel is intrusive Jesus knows us and yet he still wants us the last thing I want to give you is this a life-changing encounter so not only was it intentional and purposeful and calculated and not only did it go there it went to things that she wished no one ever knew about her but it actually changed her life this encounter doesn't stop at just wow jesus is a cool guy he knew some secret stuff about me that no one else knew okay that's cool i'm gonna go tell some people that i met this cool guy she wanted it to end there But it simply couldn't. As soon as he holds up that mirror, notice what she does. As soon as he starts to press on this secret sin, this wound in her life, she starts to squirm a little bit. Ooh, uh uh-oh, I can't even go there. I can't even go there. I got to run. I got to hide. It reminds me a little bit of Adam and Eve in the garden. Remember, after they first sinned, before, they don't have any clothes on, and that's just okay, and it's not embarrassing or weird. And then they sin, and what do they do? They hide. They go and they make fig leaves. Because they know all of a sudden they're, they're not spotless before God. And when God comes near, they take off into the woods. How do we do that? When God's exposing, when he's revealing things in us, how do we go and fashion little fig leaves for ourselves and we take off into the woods? That's what she starts to do. Our text even tells us that she left her water jar. She was coming there to get water. That was her whole mission. And then when she encounters Jesus, her entire life mission is absolutely rocked. It's wrecked. What she wanted, what she had in mind, changed like that. Now, the last question to you is this. Are you his people? Have you been exposed for who you really are? That stuff down there that goes on that no one knows about. In response to that gift of being exposed, have you placed your trust that Jesus' perfect life here and his death was for you? And then as a result, has it changed your life? That's how you know if you've met him is your life changed is it changing this woman made her choice in light of jesus's calculated and intrusive encounter and she was changed and she couldn't contain it as we read it says she goes to her friends in the next city and goes you have got to meet this guy so this woman makes a choice in a crisis moment and my question to you is this have you made yours is this savior yours Has he sought you out? Has he held up a mirror in your life? Has he changed your life? That's what an encounter with Jesus looks like. Let me pray for us, then we've got to talk. Father, um, your word is a a balm to our soul. Uh, It is like a refreshing drink of water. Uh, for thirsty souls. Uh, We need it. We need for it to not just be words. We need for it to speak to us. And we need the power of your Holy Spirit to press in true things. We need your sovereign spirit to comfort us. We need your sovereign spirit to 
help us understand things. We need you every hour. So, Lord, would, would what we've just talked about, you encountering people, hurt, broken people, but offering them water, living water, Lord, would you show us that that is exactly what each and every one of us need. Uh, be with us now, even these next few moments, and uh, we ask all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen.